Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Melanie and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 6, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 19, paragraph 2. Today's readers are Lois M, 12 Steps, Mara Z, 12 Traditions. Reading the text. Marita, Nancy T, Sally A, and Katie F. The reference number for yesterday, which was Wednesday, February 5th, is 5874. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lois M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Lois in Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, asked God, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, <clears throat> excuse me, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, had a spirit, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. I will now ask Maura Z to read the Twelve Traditions. Good morning, Melanie. This is Maura Z, a recovering, grateful recovering compulsive overeater in Virginia. 
<clears throat> One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, all Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overages Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. And I pass. Thank, thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 19, paragraph 2, and I will ask Marita to begin reading. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Marita from Virginia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. If we keep on the way we're going, there's little doubt that much good will result, but the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. Those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. How then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? Oh, that last sentence really rings a bell with me. I've heard that over and over again, that which has been so freely given to us. Um... So they're reflecting on the um, incredible epidemic of um, of alcoholism uh, in the in the 30s here, 
and realizing that um, they are just a drop in the bucket. You know, 40 people, by the time this book is published, there's 100 people um, against all the world in terms of, uh, in terms of this addiction. And now today for us, almost 80 years later, and looking at our addiction of overeating, wow, we've got a serious epidemic on our hands here too. Uh, obesity killing hundreds of thousands of people annually just in the United States alone. And our kids, our kids are growing up obese. And the culture is stacked against us. The food we eat is all laden with stuff that makes you want to eat more and precipitates this kind of behavior that grows into this addiction. And um, so they're wondering, how are we going to combat this? You know, what can we so few do? But they had the great courage. These people experiencing this miracle had the bravery to go ahead and put themselves out there, and they're going to talk about it in the next paragraph, what they wind up doing that has blossomed into this beautiful program that makes it accessible to each and every one of us um, throughout history so far. It's really, it's really showing itself to be the, the work of a higher power. Um, thanks so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. Who would like to comment on what was read? Arlene? Bella, can I share? I hear Heather, Eileen, and Bella. In that order, please. Hi, this is Heather, Heather. Um, Compulsive Overeater. Hi. I, um, I really relate um, to the reading because um, my, I have a family who, in my humble opinion, really has has compulsive overeating issues. Um, my immediate family, my sisters, and especially my mother, my grandmother before she died. And it broke my heart to see how simple this program is and how the people in the rooms and on the telephone meetings of Overeaters Anonymous just gave the gift of love and acceptance and taught me the principles of a big book. And there was, there was no price. It was it was like like this. It was freely given to me. All I had to do was want to heal, follow the steps, and believe in my higher power. And it was such a miracle how much weight I not weight. That's not the only reason, but how much recovery I had. And my mom would ask me, you know, what did you do? Had had you know what diet are you on? And I would you know I gave her I gave her booklets. I gave her pamphlets about OA. And oh, I'm not I'm not out of control. I don't need a 12-step group. Those are for crazy people. And I said, no, Mom. I'm like, <laughs> I think they're for everyone. And um, my grandma never, ever did recover from compulsive overeating. She had a stroke, and in the nursing home, they had they wouldn't let her feed herself because she would eat so fast that she would, um, she would almost choke on her food. And um, I know that's her stuffing her face and, and eating compulsively because I've seen her do it my entire life. And um, it's sad. And, you know, that's why I think we need to be living examples of what this program can do so more people say, what are you doing? And they're open to the idea of, yeah, I'd love to come to an OA meeting or listen to an OA meeting on the phone. So um, that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Heather. Eileen? 
Thanks. This is Eileen, compulsive eater from Bedford, Mass. This was a wonderful paragraph from There is a Solution. If we keep on the way we are going, there is little doubt that much good will result. But the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. You all know that it's taken me a long time to get the willingness to surrender. And and this the problem that I, it, it progressed from the time when I originally came in at 24 years old compared to when I finally got it, switched those numbers around to 42. The problem would, was hardly scratched. The progression just started. And um, there are many people out there who are dropping into oblivion. Why people um, don't uh, get more involved in Overeaters Anonymous is beyond me because they don't want to hear that, that sugar and flour analogy and that you should stay away from them. I mean, uh, hundreds of diet, diet programs like Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers, they exist because they still hold on to the flour, the pasta, the, the desserts. You know, people just don't want to hear it. So what would they have to do? Drop into oblivion, I guess. But I'm powerless over that. Many could recover if they had the opportunity to have enjoyed um, what we've enjoyed. Many would recover. Um, you know, we can't force this program down anyone's throat. People have got to come to it just like me. You know, it took me a long time. It may take someone else. Thank you, God. I was, I, I, my heaviest weight was 215 pounds, but I wasn't obese when I came back into this program in 2004. I weighed 163 pounds and I lost 38 of it. Thank you, God. But, you know, the greatest miracle is not just putting down the food, but it's the secondary part of the program, working the steps and getting a concept of God and coming to believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you step two. So thanks for listening. I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen. Hello, Bella. It's your turn. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overreader. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. I love this paragraph. It's a paragraph with so much hope and so much empowering. And the, it starts with, if we keep on the way we are going. It's so much in this sentence. First of all, if we keep on the way we are going now, now we live now, we live the present, and it's a present to live now. We don't live the past. The past is the way of blaming and judging, blaming myself, blaming others, judging myself, judging others. That's it. I don't want to go in the past. And also, I don't want to live the future. The future is anxious. I want to live now, the present. I want to, be, to live now and to build myself to be able to have a better future that it's not in my hands. It's, 
I can pray for this, I can ask God. Now what it gives me, if we keep what we have to keep, we have to keep the mind to accept and to, to admit that we, are, that we are powerless. Now we have one power in life. The power that we do have is the power to do the right choice one day at a time, to do the best we can one day at a time. The outcome coming are not in my hand. I have to do the best what I can one day at a time, and the rest to leave it up to God, to be connected to God and to leave it up to God. Now, all these things, I cannot do it by myself. If we, we have to be we, we have to be together, we have to be here to share our experience, strength, and hope. No more the isolated, because I know when, when I used to be isolated, it wasn't good. It was a very big red light for me. And this is my responsibility. God gave me one responsibility, to do the right choice one day at a time. And this is the only thing that it's in my hand. The rest, I have to give it over to God. And the way that God trusts me, uh, if God, the, the, the higher power, the, the, the power higher than myself, he trusted me, so for sure I can trust myself. And this is the way that I choose to go right now. And thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Laura? Laura? This is Linda. I heard Laura, and I heard Larry, Linda, and I heard Lauren, yeah. Laura, Larry, and Lois. Lauren. Oh, and then Lois. We'll Linda from Connecticut. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'll add one more. That's fine, Linda. I'll add you too. So we're looking at Laura, Larry, Lauren, Lois, and Linda. In that order, please. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. It's Laura W. Recovered in South Jersey. And a couple of things really jumped out at me. The first is the word if. If we keep on the way we are going, there's little doubt that much good will result. I mean, this is an ominous warning here for me. If I keep going, if I don't change there's little doubt that much good will result. It's sort of like the phrase that we use in today's society. You know, back in 1939, they didn't use the phrase, uh, you know, how's it working for you? How's it working for you? But I have to ask myself that, you know, how's it working for you in the disease? Well, not so well. It really wasn't for me. So here's the warning. If I keep on the way that I'm going, little good will result. But the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched. And I have to think, well, what's the problem, Laura? Well, me. I'm the problem. You know, change I must or die I will. And that's how, what this whole program is about for me. And how do I change? I change by getting out of self, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear. And I do that by surrendering and asking a higher power, something greater than myself, to get out of my ego and, and to help me. And, um, and I, you know, the last line, many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. And enjoyed is such a beautiful word because this is an opportunity to enjoy. It's not an opportunity to endure or get through or struggle through. You know, um, 
it's to enjoy. It's to to have a new life. Uh, but how shall we present that, which is so freely given us? So here, here's the, the part of the book where they need to figure out how are we going to get this out to millions of people, not just a hundred. And um, there's some great stuff here to come. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. Thank you. Larry, you're next. Good morning. This is Larry, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Uh, thanks for your service. Yeah, you know, when I read this, um, <clears throat> you know, those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Many could recover if they had the opportunity we have enjoyed. So how should we, shall we present that which has been uh, so freely given us? You know, they're talking about alcoholics here, but <clears throat> but I, we can look at you know, obesity and the ramifications, like from a societal perspective, I was looking on, you know, the Centers uh, for Disease Control and Prevention, I and mean, here's some facts. Yeah, people are dropping off. It says that, um, you know, obesity is common, it's serious, it's costly. More than one-third of U.S. adults, 35.7% uh, are obese. And, you know, it talks about the obesity-related conditions that we're all aware of, heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, uh, many types of cancers, um, a, a lot, you know, some of these leading causes of, of preventable death, and yet people are dropping by. You know, we all know people, I mean, I, I certainly, in the time I've been in program, I know people that, you know, that died of this disease. You know, and it wasn't on their death certificate. I have a good friend that, you know, his sister died, um, and it was, you know, 40-some years of age, um, young, everything to live for, just you know, really starting out in life. And, um, of course, on the death certificate, it, it talked about, you know, an enlarged heart or heart attack and so forth. You know, they'll never put, you know, uh, this, this person died of, as a compulsive overeater or from compulsive overeating. You know, so so when I look at this, is yeah, the, I mean, it. You know, you look at some of the some of the the factual stuff. The prevalence of obesity has gone up so significantly. You know, it says there's a dramatic increase. In 1990 through 2011, um, the prevalence rates. You know, used to be 15 percent in most states, which I think is rather high, but in 2010. There were 12 states with obesity prevalence rates of 30% or higher. But, I mean, to me, those are just facts, you know, and, and I mean, facts tell us, you know, part of the story. But when I read this, you know, this, this paragraph that, you know, so we're not going to scratch the surface, and, 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 and we can see a lot of people dropping off, but many could recover if they have the opportunity we have enjoyed. And what I never want to forget is what, what opportunity have I enjoyed? It is not a food plant. That is not the opportunity that I was given. Now, I was given that in other, in other, you know, before I ever came to this program. It's all sorts of food plans and diets and, and so forth with tons of group support, tons of factual information, all consistently failing for me because eventually I would pick up. I lost weight on all of them, began to feel better on cloud nine. Look at me. You know, my clothes are fitting better. You know, everything seems rosy. Invariably, you know, I always picked up again. So the opportunity that I have enjoyed is just this and nothing more. I've had a spiritual transformation, a personality shift, 
sufficient to arrest this disease. It's not that um, that the food is down and I'm just kind of whistling in the dark, you know, just let's just wait for Larry. He's going to pick up the food eventually. No, that's the way I was always for many, many decades. Today, I don't want the food. The problem has been removed. It is not about, like we hear, it is not about science. And I know we hear a lot of the same things again and again, but I know a recovered person versus someone who isn't. How do I know that? I know because the person who isn't is focused strictly on the physical aspects of this process. And I understand it and I accept it. God has given me, given me such an ability to be accepting and loving and tolerant of other people. But, you know, I was in a diet mode. I was in a mode of the physical aspects of recovery. Today, I am in, I have been captured by, by, a, by a higher power. That's the director of my life today. And that's why I'm different. The food, that's the least of my issues today. I don't want the food anymore today. After decades of reaching into the bakery box, right? Decades of it. Couldn't stop. Maybe you'd put it down for a little bit. But today, what has happened? The opportunity that I share, that I've enjoyed, how, how do I present what has been so free, freely given to me? All I can do is share the spiritual transformation as a result of working these steps, period. You want what I have. You have to do what, I, what, what, I, what I've done. And what I've done is just, I, was, um, I use this analogy, I was like a, um, a fish flopping, you know, a fish out of water. You're flopping around. And, um, and that fish, the only thing that fish can do, no matter what the fish thinks about it, the fish cannot save itself. A power greater than itself has to come by. Maybe that's Larry. And I pick up the fish and I throw it in the water. The fish doesn't know you, Larry. But maybe in that instance, I, that was the power greater than, than, you know, than that fish that saved that fish. In the same way, I don't know. I just know that a power greater than myself of my own conception you know, saved me and, and threw me back into the water as I was, you know, and, and now, I, and now I'm, I'm saved, you know. And, and, and so that's the message. That's the message I carry. Not a food plan, not a diet, none of that stuff. Because for, if I'm focused on that, I will pick up. I may go 25 years, like, like the gentleman in the big book before he drank and he was dead within four but today I know that I don't want the food anymore because I've been changed, altered. So um, anyways, that's the message I'll carry. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Lauren S.? Okay. Uh, Lauren S., recovered compulsive reader from Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Hopefully if, if some of you are going through this book that are not recovered, you have been asking yourself questions and trying to make this book your own book and not coming into this with answers. So hopefully if you're doing that, you already know there's the allergy, there's the obsession, there's the spiritual unmanageability, and there is the solution, uh, the practical program of action and the spiritual experience. We're now still on step one. A uh, question I like to ask myself is, if I keep on just not eating 
even though much good will result, do I believe the surface of the problem would hardly be scratched? And I did because I understood that mere elimination of my binge foods was just the beginning. And the real problem centered in my mind. And the book is laid out where we, where the doctor's opinion tells us this. We read the doctor's opinion already and we know the mere, the main problem centers in our mind. And we know from Bill's story that Bill, we saw Bill's problem, you know, he was drinking just for fun. Then he was drinking because he needed to. And then finally he was drinking for the worst effect of all, which is total oblivion. We saw Bill's solution from Ebby, which was the um, simple religious idea in step two, the practical program of action in steps three through 12. We saw Bill's spiritual experience in the hospital. And then we saw Bill carrying the message to, um, I believe that Bill's story is when Bill carried the message to Bob, but um, Warren, there's a solution, which is going, going back. We're going back to step one. And, uh, um, yeah, I would just keep on, keep on trying to not come into this book with answers and thinking you understand it come into it almost like I don't really know if I'm a compulsive overeater and just and uh ask yourself does this apply to me am I willing to to do what these men and women did thanks I'll pass thank you Lois M Lois your turn Hi, good morning. Uh, thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. Lois recovered in Massachusetts, uh, dropping, hundreds of dropping into oblivion. Well, that's where I was. I was in oblivion for probably a third of my life. You know, this disease, the, what I learned about my disease was I was, uh, I was, I had the obsession of the mind. First of all, I had the physical allergy, the obsession of the mind, and in the mind is where I lived. You know, in my mind, all my, all my actions were determined by my mind. And my mind, um, permeated by this disease, you know, would talk to me all the time and make it okay for me to pick up the food. And no matter what I did, I had this queer mental twist. Years I kept trying to pick up the food, put it down, pick it up, put it down. It ruled my mind. And, and I did not have that. I did not have that information. And it's hard to believe that for years I would, I knew about the steps. Um, I, I never read the big book or studied the big book uh, way that we're, 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 I've learned to do now into recovery. But I, it's hard for me to look back and, and to understand the, the insanity of I knew about step one, I am powerless over food, and then I would spend years trying to put the food down, not, you know, and, and in my mind, thinking that I can do that, you know, no matter what I did, for years and years, I kept trying to pick it, put it down, pick it up, put it down, and I couldn't do that, and because I had this obsession of the mind, and it permeated all of my thinking, I, I wasn't able to see that, you know, this is a cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. And it envelops 
envelops me, envelops you totally. And so, you know, when I think about what we're reading here, um, hundreds could benefit from this book. Well, yes, they could and will. And, and if you're new and you're coming back, you know, give yourself a chance to understand, ask God to remove anything you think you may know about this disease and keep coming. And the best thing I can do is to announce, and I have gone through a uh, transformation, I've had a spiritual experience, and I continue to practice my recovery a day at a time, and I'm happy to be of service to others. And what the best thing I can do, which I've learned, is to just recover, show up, and be willing to help another newcomer. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you. And Linda, you're next. Linda from Connecticut. Hi, it's Linda from Connecticut, and I'm grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. When I read this paragraph, I uh, again come to that um, quote of um, hundreds are dropping into oblivion. Well, that could be on a first reading of that or maybe a 30th reading of that. It could be just a a kind of a flowery uh, phrase in a very old book. Uh, No, go to the mall, Linda. Go to the local mall and see scores of people in different different degrees of obesity and anorexia, and some of them very young and some of them very old. And what an amazing gift this has been given, that has been given to me. When this paragraph was written, these hundred people, they were the cutting edge. Nobody much knew about this. And I have a feeling that uh, the OA of today, uh, as it's exemplified in visions, is the cutting edge with our uh, addiction, with food addiction, compulsive overeating. And the solution is exactly the same. It's through the 12 steps, through the big book that bring me to God. And so the last remark here, how then shall we present which has been so freely given us? Well, they are going to write a book. That's what they're telling you the the next paragraph is about. They've written a book, and they hope it's going to, okay. So it did work, and it does work. But what am I, Linda Dorgan, in Meriden, Connecticut, what am I going to do? I have to live it. I have to do it. I have to do these steps. And what do I present? I present a center of calm and a center of love because I'm centered in God. That's what I present. They're going to see a walking, talking big book if I'm on target. And if since I'm human, sometime I'm shaky or whatnot, but they're going to see someone who is not self-destructing with food and is learning how not to self-destruct with her thoughts. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you. Would anyone else like to share on what was read before we move on? This is Sharon in Colorado. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you for your service, and I just uh, say welcome to everyone out on the line. I am Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And when I look at this paragraph, I just think of the name of our uh, meeting, A Vision for You, because 
Bella is looking and thinking of uh, the good that will result, and they have just scratched the problem. And when I think of that, it's so true because, <clears throat> you know, um, Dr. Bob died in 1950, and I think it was 1971 or 74 when Bill died. And I don't believe, but I could be wrong, that it was in the 60s that OA uh, came into being. So as a result of that, we see the future that they didn't see back then, but we see now and how this book has impacted so many other people that have this bondage of addiction um, that may be a different substance than alcohol. And so I just feel so blessed that they uh, were able to put themselves on the line and knew because of what had happened to them that this could be available to anyone who would follow the guidelines that they were going to put down in this book. And then this, uh, I just love that phrase. I heard that over and over and over again in, in AA, that we must freely give to others what has so freely been given to us. And that's the gift of God. Uh, transforming our mind, uh, the mind and restoring it to sanity, and the beginning of this relationship with the God that will give us the courage and the strength. It's not our own strength, not our own courage, not any of those things, but will give us the strength as a result of working these steps to not pick up that first bite of compulsive food that we cannot, cannot take unless we unless we want to die, and that's what happens over and over again, and it did for me. So I'm so grateful to understand that today and to know that there is this God that has such a gift that he freely wants to give each one of us through working the steps of this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. And now we'll move on. Nancy T., will you please read the next paragraph? Thank you, Melanie. I'd be happy to. This is Nancy. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. We shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. So they've now answered the question that they just asked in the previous question, how then shall we present that which has been so freely given us? Um, and I liked in that last paragraph the word freely. It was freely given to them. And so now they've put together, they concluded, which means they spent some time discussing how to do this. And they came to the conclusion that they would publish a book. And we know today that that book is called Alcoholics Anonymous, also known as the Big Book. Um, and, I, you know, they said, setting forth a problem as we see it. So they didn't try to... Um, preach or dictate something that they didn't know. They took their combined experience and knowledge, as it says in the next sentence, and put it in a book. And we know from reading the book that uh, that the purpose of the book is to show us exactly how they recovered. And they used the word recovered many times. Um, and so that's what they did is they presented a volume, a book, that would show us exactly how they recovered. Again, they're not trying to dictate something they don't know. They're sharing their wisdom, their knowledge, their experience that they gained through doing this work. Um, and then look at that last sentence. This should suggest a useful program. So something I learned a long time ago, for something to be useful, it has to be used. 
So again, they're also intimating here that we've got to use the book that they published. And we use it as a textbook as we've come to know it, which means it's for instructions. It gives us guidelines for how to uh, it says right here, for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. And aren't we fortunate today, all these years later, to know that it works for more than just a drinking problem? Those of us on this call have come to find that we can um, use it for those concerned with food addiction. And there's many, many other fellowships out there that use it. And it talks in this book also about uh, using the principles embodied in the steps in all our affairs. So, you know, I have learned that I can use the principles embodied in this work as I work it in all my affairs, in personal relationships, in how I work um, with others in my profession, how I, you know, how I choose to live my life, not just according to my addictions, but in all areas of my life. And that's what this book does. This book is an amazing um, volume that tells me exactly how to recover from my problem. And I'm so grateful that those first hundred put their heads together. And I mean, can you just imagine? I, you know, I've done a lot of service work in um, different fellowships, and I've gone to their assemblies, and I've gone to their meetings where they discuss, and they can have a debate over whether to use paper or styrofoam cups. So I'm, I'm wondering, oh my gosh, I would just love to have been a fly on the wall when they were discussing putting together this book. Should we use this word? Should we use this phrase? No. But what we can know is this is combined. So it's all of them. There wasn't one person. Bill W. didn't dictate the book. It was their combined experience and knowledge um, that helped him put this book that has been so useful to um, all of us on this line, as I've heard you share, and specifically for me, it has been it has saved my life. And with that, I'm grateful, and I will pass. Thank you. Who would like to comment on what was read? Katie. I hear Katie and one other person for sure. Kim. 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 Oh, great. Thanks. Hi, Katie, and then Kim. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Central Virginia. Um, this should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem. And, you know, we've talked about um, previously people were talking about the obesity problem in our country, and, you know, it's just rampant. And but I can't walk up to everyone I see who's overweight and say, you know, I've got a solution, I've got a solution. I have to be a living example um, of of how this works and how this uh, is different from, um, you know, a commercial diet program, that it's a spiritual malady and that it requires um, a complete change in my thinking. This isn't a temporary situation where I get my weight off and, you know, am happy for uh, joyous and free, and then I can just go back to my old way of living. Um, this is a lifelong journey of changing and being uh, my whole focus on how I uh, act and react to life is different. Um, so it can be discouraging to think about how many people are um, are obese in our country and, you know, around not a, everywhere around the world because there's, um, you know, people who don't even have food. They're dying of, they're starving to death. But, but I can't decide. So the thing that is so um, 
key to me in this book is that it it asks the questions that, you know, I don't have to point my finger at someone and say, you know, don't you see yourself doing this, this, and this. I just uh, can ask them the questions, paint the picture of what it is to be a compulsive overeater, and either they have those, they can relate and identify in with those things, or they don't. You know, some people just don't know about nutrition, and I can't be the judge of that. Um, so all I can do is keep doing what I'm doing and be willing to present um, what has worked for me and um, and share and, you know, return phone calls and uh, give people um, hope that there is a solution, that it's, you know, I haven't, I don't have this plain and simple boring life and that's why I'm able to do this. I've been able to go to third world countries and travel in, you know, states all over the place and, and do all kinds of different things in my life as a result of recovery. Whereas uh, in disease, I was just chasing the same vicious cycle with different players over and over again and going nowhere. So that's the message that we have, is that there is a solution, there is a way out of this seemingly hopeless um, way of living and that you can get to um, the other side. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Kim? Thanks, Melanie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We have concluded to publish an anonymous volume setting forth the problem as we see it. I mean, I think that's so critical because, once again, who cares about a solution if we don't understand the problem? And unfortunately, in my opinion, that's something that Overeaters Anonymous does not do very well. You know, I raised my hand in Overeaters Anonymous many years and said, I am a compulsive overeater, meaning I'm fat and I don't want to be fat anymore. Teach me not to be fat. But a compulsive overeater is a very specific diagnosis. And often when I get a phone call and it's someone who's been around for a long time and they're saying they can't, they're in and out of the food, in and out of the food, which I can so relate to, I ask them this, this silly question. I say, if a Martian came down from outer space and asked you what a compulsive overeater is, how would you describe it? And I have to say, nine out of ten people can't tell me. They basically tell me what I said in the rooms. I'm fat and I don't want to be fat anymore. So what is a compulsive overeater? What is the problem as we see it? The doctor's opinion lays that out. And many overeaters anonymous means I don't think most people have heard of the doctor's opinion. So this is my problem. I have an allergy to the body that makes me a distinct entity. That when I ingest certain foods, I have what's called a phenomenon of craving. It's a physiological reaction that I have no control over, and it makes me distinct. Normal eaters do not have that. And that allergic reaction is once I ingest it, I must have more and more. And the more I ingest, the more the intense the feeling is, and I am never satisfied. And that in and of itself is a difficult problem. But if that was my problem, I would have a one-fold illness and abstinence would be the answer. The more devastating part of my disease is this obsession of the mind, this mental twist, this mental obsession, that regardless if I'm having the allergy foods in me or not, is going to convince me that having the food is the best idea I've had all day. 
that that is the only thing that will give me ease and comfort. It is that deadly combination that makes me a compulsive overreader. And the big book spends many, many pages grounding that into our head. Because if we understand that we have an allergy body of the obsession of the mind, the best description I ever heard of step one is, oh crap, I'm screwed. I have an allergy of the body that will never change, and I have an obsession of the mind that will convince me to go back to the food. What do I do? That is when I'm open to the solution. Now, unfortunately, what I did, and I see a lot of people do, is we like to demonize certain foods. And we hand someone a food plan, and we tell them this is what abstinence is. Yes, there are some very common ingredients a lot of us have allergies to. But the danger is, if we hand someone a food plan and we tell them these specific substances are what abstinence is, we, we can be allowing people to eat foods that still trigger the allergy. We must abstain 100% from those foods and those food behaviors that create the phenomenon of craving in us. For me, to abstain from those foods that create the phenomenon of Katie and not me is not helpful. I'm using Katie because she was before me. But if I am ingesting foods that Katie can eat but I am allergic to, that's deadly. So the problem as we see it is allergy to the body, obsession of the mind. It is not a specific food plan. It is not, a, not eating like somebody else. It's discovering that. And that is a little different with Overeaters Anonymous. But once we know what those foods are, we have exactly the same problem as an alcoholic. And gratefully, we have exactly the same solution as an alcoholic as well. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Who else would like to comment on what was last read? We have time for probably two more shares. Good morning, it's Leah. This is Helen. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. And I heard Helen. Yes. And anyone else? Sally. Sally, okay. Sally, if um, we have about five minutes. Thank you, Leah. You could go first, please. I'm sorry, Helen. I'm so sorry. Uh, hi, this is Helen, a compulsive eater from Maine. I'm new to your vision for you, and I, I, I'm just so thankful for all that I've shared today. It's really uh, given me a lot of answers. Uh, I, I just that it's the obsession and allergies and each one can be different and oh I just I guess that's all I needed to say. I'm just thankful for everyone that's on this call and it, it really has clarified a lot of things for myself. Uh with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. And I apologize if I got that line up out of order. Leah, you're next. Thank you so much. Uh Melanie, thanks for your service. Good morning everybody. My name's Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I just wanted to focus here on we shall we shall bring to the task our combined experience and knowledge. Um, yes, you know these uh, men and women, you know, were freed from the shackles of of their illness of alcoholism. Um, and they decided upon a book which would tell other alcoholics the great news that there was a way out. So, you know, after thousands of hours of discussion, 
they brought together their collective voice, their collective experience, their collective wisdom, and this book uh, came off the press. And it combines their experience and knowledge. They had a particular experience. Um, this was not just about an accumulation of information. Uh, yes, they had knowledge. Yes, they were able to convey that knowledge on these pages. Yes, we crack this book open every morning and we study that knowledge. But they had an experience, not a common experience, but it was their experience, and it's a spiritual awakening. It is a spiritual awakening. That is the whole point. Our whole point here of uh, joining Overeaters Anonymous, of coming together every morning on this line, of moving all the way through the steps is contained in those two words, spiritual awakening. The steps are designed to do one thing, and that is to cause a spiritual awakening, a profound personality change. And that's how and why they can carry a message, because they have something to convey. They have something to, to transmit. They have gone there. You know, they've been restored to sanity. They have soundness of mind. They've been relieved of the obsession to use. They're free from the beast. Uh, this was not about glorification of self. It wasn't about um, any personal recognition. It was um, that they are now agents. <laughs> they are agents. They are necessary. They're not sufficient, but they are necessary um, in order to carry a message and, and perhaps be a catalyst to, uh, to encourage others to also pick up this kit of spiritual tools. So again, I think it's so important, combined experience and knowledge, any of us can study this book and be able to babble on the line and quote pages and, and, and paragraphs. But have I lived it? Have I been transformed? Am I a different person? Is my attitude, outlook, and ideas uh, rearranged? Do I interact with people differently? Am I a changed person as a result of these steps and as a relationship with something that is indestructible and unmeasurable, uh, such as God? A relationship with a higher power. And that's what these people had. They had something to offer. They had something to offer. They could lead people because they had been there. You know, and that is so vital to, to know. You know, they have gone somewhere. They are able to teach because they had and continued to be students. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Sally, we have time for a short share. Oh, thank you, Melanie. Good morning. It's Sally, recovered in South Jersey. And I just will add um, for this last sentence in this paragraph that should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking, in our case, an eating problem, would just say that um, this, this paragraph uh, coming on the heels of the sentence, how then shall we present that which has been so freely given to us. And this paragraph really does outline for us what this book is. It, it sets forth a problem. It sets forth a solution. It lets us know that it is the combined experience of these of the uh, first 100 and their knowledge, and um, and it does suggest a very useful program of recovery for anyone, for everyone who's on the line and everyone who is concerned with an eating problem. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sally. And it is time for this meeting to close. Thank you to everyone who shared today, and thank you to those that were of service. 
in reading today on A Vision for You. Lois, Laura, Marita, Nancy T, Sally A, and Katie. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Sally A. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize that we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.